Welcome to From the Ground Up with Mark Weller. I'm your host, Matt Rienzo, along with real estate entrepreneur and founding partner of Weller Development Partners, Mark Weller. What's up, Mark? How are you doing? Oh, Matt, it's a happy new year. It's it is great. a happy new year. It's a happy new year. We have so much going on. We're so excited. And uh, uh, we, uh, we're excited about today's show, talking to one of our, our, our best and favorite partners that uh, we've ever had a chance to work with. 2023 is going to be a great year. Uh, certainly going to be better than 22 and 21, that's for sure, but it's going to be an awesome year. Every year seems to get better, and uh, as my wife reminds me every morning, the, these, are not, uh, these are not challenges there or problems. They are merely opportunities. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And with that, let's move on to our next opportunity, which is to have Andrew Mealy and Sarah Bonsall on the show. So uh, we hope everybody had a great holiday break, and, and we're excited to get back in, into it with today's episode. Um, it's a bit of a continuation of our Grand Bahama series that we started with Rupert Hayward in our last two episodes. We talked Grand Bahama and also dove pretty deep into the environmental sustainability issues. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to those two podcasts with Rupert, go back and check those out. They're very informative, very interesting stuff. Um, okay, so today we have Sarah Bonzal and Andrew Mealy from the incredible Six Senses brand. Andrew is the head of development uh, Americas and Sarah is a regional director of Americas Architecture and Design. So we're going to talk about their ethos and why we're so excited to be partnering with them. So Mark, let's welcome uh, Sarah and Andrew to the show. Uh, Sarah, Andrew, how you doing? Great to have you on. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, likewise. Doing well, yes. Where are you both? Uh, where are you around the globe uh, as we speak? <laughs> I'm sitting in, the, I'm in, in the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. All right. Uh, Sarah, oh. I'm, I'm jealous. Sarah's sitting in, the, in, I think in the Barbados somewhere on the beach. Uh, and I, I'm at my home office oh. here in, in South Florida. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, we never know because you all are working on incredible projects all around the globe. So uh, I'm always interested to hear where you are at any given moment in time. So I'll let Mark kick it off. Uh, with the first question. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the biggest thing for, for the brand, and, you know, we talk about this a lot, it's just uh, how, how great of a brand it is and and how famous it's becoming for being so phenomenal. You know, you recently won a top hotel brand in the world, uh, which is quite an accomplishment, and we hear you in that conversation and chatter a lot in the, at that level and that echelon of, uh, of brands, and uh, Six Senses, that is. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what's at the core of Six Senses, the experience, uh, your properties, uh, what Six Senses is all about, and what really makes it so special? You know, look, I, I mean, you know, the, the company, um, as we're growing, I mean, I think what, what a lot of people might not appreciate is, you know, it's, it's been around since since the mid-90s, right, starting with with Humble Roots in, in Southeast Asia, um, you know, and, and I think a, a lot of, you know, what we become synonymous for and, and, you know, the accolades that we've received recently, and we appreciate you calling that out, Mark. Um, I mean, it's really just been an, an evolution of, of where we started, right? I mean, the, the themes around sustainability and wellness are inextricably linked, right? I mean, you know, people's well-being and when they're interacting with the spaces and the properties that, that we're building and developing, um, I mean, those those are just themes that you, you can't really separate. So, you know, taking that kind of core values and, and the ethos from where we grew um, and really just kind of perpetuating that into every you know new property, new geography, new country and and really the ability to be able to do that with like minded partners, I, I think, is is really what really helps us facilitate, you know, good growth. Right. Um and that really just kind of begets the thoughtful portfolio that Sarah and I are certainly working on here in the Americas and, and our colleagues around the world. Sarah, I want to hear from you about the kind of the ethos of the brand. 
Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, because we all often focus on wellness and sustainability, and they're definitely pillars of the brand. But we forget sometimes to mention this more relaxed approach to luxury that has always been at our core, a bit of cheekiness, a bit of quirkiness, if you will. And I think that, you know, if you look at the more or more established uh, kind of ultra-luxury brands, the market is moving away from them. You know, the this kind of younger generation, they're looking for a more relaxed approach, uh, perhaps not taking themselves as seriously. They still want the incredible service we deliver. They still want the wellness, the sustainability, but they want to do it in shorts and a T-shirt, you know. <laughs> they kind mm-hmm. of, and I think that that's something that we're seeing, this kind of like-mindedness uh, with yourselves, definitely, but a bit of a... I don't know what the right word is, but we're kind of we've captured what what today what today's traveler is looking for. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting you know point that you know Sarah kind of raises too, which which I, I think you know drives to kind of the heart of I mean people's just innate connection to to what we do, and I, and I think that translates also from from an employee perspective. I mean, obviously, it's not forget it's 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 a people business and a service business at the end of the day. So, you know, our ability to attract the best talent by virtue of, you know, as Sarah described, this just kind of different thought process with respect to what luxury or, you know, even ultra luxury even means, I, I think it allows us, you know, to bring in people that can just be full expressions of themselves, right? And similarly with guests, you know, so, I think you see that across the portfolio and despite different product types and ages of hotels, I mean, that ethos really does translate and transcend. Yeah, and we we always talk about a psychographic rather than a demographic in terms of our target market, which I think keeps us light on our feet in terms of moving into new markets because we're not trying to replicate replicate you know, built form, which is something I focus on, um, but instead just trying to attract that same person who is looking for that escape, for regenerative travel, for wellness, for sustainability, all the things that underpin all of our resorts. But one might be in a high rise in a, a busy, bustling city, and one might be on a beach in the middle of nowhere, but we're able to apply it equally to both typologies. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's been amazing seeing the different types of resorts in the different locations and seeing the variations, but then still keeping the the core health and wellness piece, uh, you know, within it. Um, and so, um, you know, re- remoteness is is definitely something you all are are accustomed to and able to deal with, but also in a more urban context too. Uh, you've continued to prove that as well, which is which can be challenging for a brand, but you all seem to know how to do it. And so the question is, how do you, when you think about that and you look at a project that could be, you know, you almost did one in New York City, you know, you've got something, you know, incredible in Portugal, you, you've, you've, you know, things like that versus something in Nepal or somewhere in, in you know, in a, in a much more um, secluded location. How do you draw the two pieces together in the brand and how do you create the synergies, for lack of better terms, and keep the connective tissue that always makes it a six senses. I mean, obviously, the underpinnings of the brand we're able to apply everywhere. So our approach, our spas, obviously, are phenomenal. But we take wellness out of the spa. And you can do that equally well in a, a busy lobby in London as you can in Nepal, as you say. So we're able to bring that into the food and beverage. Uh, in my side of things, in terms of the design, what materials we pick, um, just light, all the things that you as humans <laughs> are looking for 
uh, apply equally well wherever you are. And so I think we're able to, to okay. do that um, and adapt quite, quite easily to different uh, regions of the world. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to follow along on that question. You know, the locations, you know, people in the United States maybe aren't as familiar with six senses unless they do a, a lot of international travel. Um, you know, you've got locations in the Maldives, in Istanbul, in India, in Bali, Indonesia, in Israel, in Fiji, uh, Kashavel, and, and many other places. I think you've got 22 or, or so locations Talk about how you, like how you pick those locations and why, and 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 just how that it's so different than most hotels that Americans are used to hearing about, which are in urban areas where you need to travel to, uh, to do business or for you know family gatherings or whatever. So this is a totally different product type and really different philosophy. Talk about the, your locations and and how that feeds into your overall ethos and your brand. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, you know something that obviously Sarah and I think about on a daily basis, right? In terms of, you know, where, where is next? And I mean, I think if I kind of boiled it down, it's, you're kind of at this, you know, nexus of the experiential nature of travel. Um, And I mean, demographically and, and as travelers evolve and what they're looking for, particularly kind of in the segment we, we operate. I think there's frankly a little bit of an expectation of the brand given, you know, our history and, and where we have gone that, you know, we're, we're introducing to, to the new places that we go. And I mean, even if you think about the U.S., um, I mean, there, there, there is an enormous amount of geography that even people who, you know, born and raised haven't, haven't explored. And so our ability to kind of be catalysts uh, for change kind of at the, at the local level and in a place that's maybe a little bit off the beaten track um, and introduce kind of our existing guests and new guests to those places, I think is, is really what, what we look for. And I think inevitably to Matt and, and Mark, and I mean, you guys, I think the reason why this relationship has really flourished in terms of how you think about placemaking um, as a developer really applies um, 100% to, to all these locations because, you know, invariably there's, you know, local community around these more remote locations and you want to introduce vibrancy back into those communities and re-energize them and, you know, bring them into uh, the property. Whereas in, you know, the, the more obvious locations, it's, it's much harder to do that and I think to have meaningful impact. Without a doubt. And, and, you know, we, we, we talk about ourselves as triple bottom line developers obviously need to generate returns for investors and also need to uh, work part and parcel with the local community surrounding any project that we do. And then the third component is the environmental sustainability component. And so, you know, I think that's the future of real estate development and you all uh, in the hospitality world are certainly on the, on the front end of that. And, and we talked a lot about wellness. Uh, I think most people understand what wellness means for the consumer. Um, you know, you you experience food and beverage that's of a certain kind or type or, or level. You have exercise and nutrition and and consultations and spa and, and all those things. What about the land itself? So, you know, obviously wellness of the customers, I think people understand that. But as you're building a Six Senses resort, which we're doing together in Grand Bahama, and, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, elsewhere as well later. Um, but as you're building the buildings, the physical environment, how do you also incorporate what's best for the land and the surrounding land as well as the wellness of the people? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. And you, more than anyone, I think, understand our approach. And 
our project together. We're looking at how we can actually rehabilitate um, the land before we even start building. And for us, that's incredibly important. And it needs working with the right consultants that help us plant endemic um, species. Uh, it, it means looking at climate change and how do we adapt for that. So, you know, the land obviously is important, but what we're putting on it as well, we don't want to be building things that get washed away or need a lot of maintenance. So we took a very, take a very holistic approach to it, uh, and healing the land is our first step, to be honest. And, and we look at that, whether it's in an urban area or uh, remote resort. So clearing invasive species, bringing in more native plants, you know, trying to rebuild the environment to be more sustainable in the long term. So that, yeah, that's great. And we're, we're experiencing that with you uh, firsthand in, in Grand Bahama. So it's great for the listeners to be able to hear that as well. Yeah. And, and uh, somewhere, somewhere in that discussion, you know, you talk about incorporating local products, food, and all the inspiration that goes into that because these all are unique uh, unique offerings at, at each at each hotel you have, and you know, Sarah, I, I think probably you'd be best suited to answer this at first. It's just how do you how do you think about that, and then how do you incorporate and make it meaningful, um, and 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 make it really really part of you know each individual community and 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 municipality and state and city you're working in. Yeah, it's a really good question, and there are so many kind of prongs to what we do. So. Um, and talking about a few of them, hiring, we always try to hire locally, and that sounds obvious, but if we can bring people into what we're doing, that has a huge effect uh, on the immediate community. But in terms of the built form, uh, we always look at what local building techniques are. Can we hire locally? Can we use local materials? Um, in terms of food and beverage, we go to them as soon as we start in, in concept design and we find local farmers. In one of our properties, we actually had an eat with census lunch for about 20 local farmers. And we asked them what can grow rather than telling them we need X, Y, and Z to put on our menu. And we showed them how we wanted them to deliver. We don't want plastic. We're plastic free. We built boxes for them to deliver to us. So even on a micro level from day one, we're reaching out to these communities. We have a sustainability fund that is managed locally. We kind of have a hands-off approach to it. So we can build schools, hire teachers, uh, dig wells. So we really try to take it beyond the four walls of our property. And we take that as our first step in any, any project that we do. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it, it's so, um, it, it's a new concept um, in real estate development, um, but one that all of us need to, you know, get with the program uh, as we learn about, you know, what's going on in our world and, and global warming and everything um, that, that comes with it. Um, definitely, it's the future of real estate development to be thinking that way. Um, so we're, we're very much aligned there. It's an interesting thing that always comes up when we're doing initial area programs, for example, and the old template asks us how many air-conditioned um, seats you need in the restaurant, for example. And we've had pushback from a lot of developers saying the market is demanding air-conditioned spaces in these hot-weather environments in the Caribbean and in South America, et cetera. We are finding our markets aren't asking for that. So part of the conversation that we have to have as a brand with the, our partners as developers is challenging those, those kind of preconceived notions that you just referred to. Um, you know, on all levels, can we get people to sleep with fans on rather than air conditioning? Can we have them sit outside rather than air conditioned box? It sounds obvious, um, but I think the market is telling us uh, mm -hmm. that that we all need to change and keep pushing. 
Yeah, I think it's an interesting one too. I mean, it, it just as it relates to how the traveler, I, I think, is is evolving. I mean, there's this kind of interesting theme there that I believe is finding like comfort in discomfort. Um, you know, particularly as it relates to just the evolving the travel experience, right? So. I mean, I think to the extent we can deliver that in a way that is is expected, you know, and, and there's obviously still the, the comforts of being in a, in a great hotel room. But I mean, all, the, all these little touch points, which really feed back to the triple bottom line approach too, right? Because inevitably you're factoring in second and third, fourth order consequences and all of these little decisions and, you know, who they might impact and how it ultimately rolls up into the experience for, for our guests and employees and, and partners. Yeah, so this question might be going back a little bit for both of you, but it's it, we've kind of touched on it, but I still want to understand a little more. You know, when, one of the first things you look at when you decide to create a new resort, you know, help us think about that. And then what steps do you, do you take to make sure that the local immersion is a part of every resort you build? So how, how does the process start? How do you start looking at things and what, 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 what piques your interest? Is it, is it a market? Is it a, is it just a specific location? You know, what, what is the priority there? And then, and then how do you, how do you incorporate the, the, the local piece into it? Um, you know, I, I think there's, there's a couple of, of realities, right? I mean, being, being small teams with incredibly large, you know, geographies of, of territory that we cover. I mean, you know, Sarah and I cover Canada down to Argentina and, and everything in between. I mean, it's obviously impossible to be everywhere and to understand, you know, all the all the opportunities that are available proactively. I mean, so inevitably it's it's a lot of, you know, interest that we're receiving from again, like-minded partners. But more than that, I think, you know, we know and we have a strategic list of, of places we want to be. And, and I think, frankly, Mark, I mean, they're, they're not necessarily the obvious places, because if we do put the theme of, you know, sustainability on, you know, for a second, I mean, it, 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 that leads you down a bit of a different road, right? Because you'd say, well, you know, if you're going to impact the place, I mean, you know, where is it that it would be least impactful or if there's existing conditions or built environment that we can revive, um, you know, we're, we're looking at something um, kind of in, in the Midwest and it's got historic structures on it. I mean, obviously the project that we're about to announce together is, is something similar where we can revive either history the existing built environment and kind of bring it into into today's form in a, in a more contemporary way um but then you know looking around that and surrounding that to say okay well you know what is also available outside of the, the campus of six senses that people can engage in culturally and, and experientially um so i mean we're very much focused on what do you do also just outside of the property you know um i mean i think that that is equally important because it's also a factor in terms of well how are we going to get people to come and want to work here too like what is the quality of life of you know somebody that's going to work at the six senses grand bahama you know and, and keeping that in mind because you know we're going to be there for 40 years so you know, we're, we're creating lives and opportunities for people. So I think that that also factors very much into how we think about where we're growing and whether or not it's, it's something we should focus on. Great. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, following along that kind of pre-development um, time frame, you know, finding the sites and analyzing the sites. And um, we did mention kind of some of the remote locations, kind of these undiscovered places where some of your 
uh, resorts are located. Um, they're obviously beautiful, but sometimes they're in remote areas or in nature, um, in the mountains or, or what have you. And it would imagine, I would imagine that local realities like su- supply chain to remote locations, sometimes infrastructure is, is somewhat lacking. How do you deal with accessibility, you know, getting to those locations and, and, and still maintaining that environmental sustainability with some complications that may come about with the locations and getting to them? That's a very, very good question. I mean, you have to remember that our approach to sustainability isn't, you know, quote unquote, just what gets built or the energy we use. It is also the, the, the people that we're interacting with. So first and foremost, I think we look at what impact, what positive impact we can make to the local community. Like I mentioned, can we come in and actually help with building a school or, or medical facilities, et cetera? So we're really looking at um, kind of improving the lives of the people that work for us, but also their extended family and the people who live locally. We look to build uh, with local materials as much as possible. We have lead silver as our base minimum. doesn't matter where you are in the world. We're going to meet that standard. Um, we're also working with a lot of really inventive and creative uh, uh, consultants that are helping us push the boundaries in terms of, you know, net uh, zero buildings. Um, and, and so we're looking at ways that we can do that, looking at prefab and modular. So if we can't build with local materials, how can we design them? So uh, as you know very well, uh, you know, two people could schlep a piece of a, a building <laughs> and put it in place. And so we really try to think of it from planning all the way through execution and then even more importantly, how it's run post-construction. Because don't forget that sustainability is also about how you operate your facility. So, you know, can we buy linens and towels that use less water? Can we recycle the water, et cetera? So we're looking at it for that 40, 45-year relationship, not just uh, through construction. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's quite an answer. And that explains a lot about what it is you all are thinking about, which is very helpful. And, I, and I've been fortunate enough to work alongside of all of you for so long now, myself and a couple of my partners at Weller, um, you know, which, which brings me to something that is really exciting and close to my heart and uh, my most probably uh, important and fun project at this very moment, which is uh, the Six Senses in Grand Bahama. I mean, what about Grand Bahama appealed to the Six Senses brand? And, you know, this will be one of your first sites in North America. Uh, why, why Grand Bahama? What, what, was, what was the thinking there? Can I want to just jump in on that? Yeah, I go, go. I think, I think again, it's the partnership we have with you that goes quickly without saying. But I also think we, we kind of like a challenge, right? So if you look at our property in London, we're not in the more obvious areas. We're on the Queensway that anyone who knows London knows isn't the prime destination. But I promise you it will be in two or three or four years. So and we're going to be part of that transformation. And that's been part of our ethos and our brand DNA since we started. And I think for us, Grand Bahama was that obvious place within the country where we could affect most change. And so for us, it's a challenge. And I think we're really going to help, um, you know, positively impact that part of the country. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's perfect kind of, you know, segue into what I, 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 how I thought about it as well. And I mean, I, you know, both Sarah and I, I mean, I, can't tell you how many projects and, you know, beaches we've looked at collectively, you know, across the Caribbean, but particularly in the Bahamas. And, you know, I think conventional wisdom in kind of the luxury or ultra luxury space would have said, you got to go find a remote island, you know, that's like pristine, untouched, 
uh, and then impact it and, and, you know, figure out all the operational challenges to get both guests and eventually, you know, employees and supplies there, right? And, and that's all, I mean, fine. And I mean, there's obviously some spectacular projects that have, that have taken that, that route and was right for those particular situations. Um, but, you know, not necessarily for us, right? So, so looking at a place like Grand Bahama, um, and, and the land that, you know, the partnership has acquired that, you know, has, has been impacted over time, has had multiple iterations attached to it. So as Sarah says, I mean, with, with the way Weller thinks about development um, and, and taking the sensibilities that, that you guys have, have been very successful out of the mainland U.S. and applying that to Grand Bahama and, and all of the land holdings, really, I think, allows us to, to create a true community there, right? And, and, you know, bring people back to Grand Bahama that have maybe moved over to the other, you know, sister islands to work and maybe have family there and, and also bring back some of the history um, that is really storied. Uh, so all of the infrastructure that's there, you know, our ability to just kind of rethink design, have the space and, and really being blessed by space, frankly, to be able to kind of think creatively about how we create a, a community of, um, of hotel product, of, you know, it's the waterfront experience and the connection to the bohemian culture. And, and furthermore, obviously, you know, the water and the marine environment that we're all collectively very, very focused on regenerating. Um, I mean, it's kind of all of that, right? I mean, because if you initially looked at it, Grand Bahama, you're like, mm, yeah, maybe. Um, but when you look at the sum <laughs> of the parts, um, it, it really does, you know, represent the full, again, expression of what, what we would look for in something, you know, in the Bahamas. Yeah. Sure. We talked a lot about that with Rupert, uh, on the last podcast is most people in the United States are most familiar with Nassau, um, because their kids, as they've grown up, they've gone to Atlantis or now Bahamar or, and, and certainly Harbor Island and, and a few other places are popular to travel from the U.S. But Grand Bahama, you know, over the last 20 plus years hasn't really been that key destination, but it has the infrastructure. It has the beauty. In a lot of ways, it's more naturally Bahamian because it hasn't been overly developed. And so you have an opportunity for us for, with a clean slate with you all to do something that's luxury and upscale, but also authentic and, and Bahamian and feels good when you're there. It doesn't feel corporate or oversized. And so um, just just an incredible opportunity. And, and I think you're going to be hearing uh, Grand Bahama a lot uh, once we open and and once, uh, you know, some of the adjacent things get going. Um, it's it's going to be like like uh, Sarah said in London. Uh, I think Grand Bahama is going to be the place to be in a few years. So um, very exciting. You know, having, you know, Rupert and, and you know, family, frankly, that have been, you know, stewards of this place for, for so long and, you know, obviously yearning to see it change too, right, and, and being kind of a catalyst to that is, is also, frankly, very unusual in, in the Caribbean, particularly where it's, you know, mostly people parachuting in and then parachuting out um, as it relates to, to development projects. So that kind of like generational longevity um, is, is another big factor, you know, to, to the overall success of the project. Without a doubt. Um, so I, I'd like to pivot if we could. And one of the beauties of podcasts is, you know, it'll take us a few days to edit and post this. And by the time we do, we'll have announced a very exciting additional project. Um, and, uh, and so we want to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, we're going to be announcing uh, very soon a development in partnership with Six Senses and IHG uh, in Napa Valley. 
uh, on a site formerly known as Etna Springs, which was has a lot of history, as Sarah alluded to earlier. Um, a very, very cool setting uh, in the hillside, uh, about an hour and change north of San Francisco. Um, just an incredible property, uh, an incredible project, similar in its, uh, in its I would all say, bones uh, from the Bahamas project in that it'll have a luxury resort hotel and then branded residential, um, but instead of on the beaches of Grand Bahama with, with uh, clear blue water and, uh, and, and you know, white sand, we'll have uh, rolling hills and mountains and, and lush wineries and, and, and things of that sort. So different environment, but same ethos and, and, and general makeup. So talk about that. We're, we're obviously super excited uh, as the news breaks, and, and uh, it's a big, big deal for us at Weller Development. We're very excited to be taking on another project with you all in particular, but also to be working in Napa Valley is very exciting for us, and it's a, it's a big moment. So talk about that project and, and your excitement and thoughts on it. Sarah, do you want to go? Uh, in I can tell you, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's jumping through the phone ago. as we speak. Which, oh yeah, <laughs> I am so excited. You have no idea. I, I went there for the first time almost eight years ago, and I remember thinking, "This is the site for expenses in this part of the country." There's just not nothing like it. It's kind of old school Napa that you just cannot find anymore. I couldn't think of a better location for it. But as you know better than anyone, um, it's been a challenge to, to get uh, the entitlements and, and to fit the design into these historic structures and, and really make sure we're still kind of meeting our, our brand DNA um, at its core. And so you have no idea how excited I am. We're, we're kind of rehabilitating this 1800s, um, you know, kind of destination uh, for people from San Francisco, and we're kind of going to bring it back to its roots, but in the, the 2020s. So you can tell I'm, I'm kind of speechless. I'm, I'm tripping over my words. I'm just so excited about it. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, this is, I was going to say, uh, this is what I've been doing much of my life is, you know, I would say important historic renovation of buildings um, periodically throughout my last 30 years in the business. And this is a unique opportunity to uh, modernize um, some really interesting architecture through various periods of time and also bring it in a contemporary use that is so forward thinking and so far from what it started with in the 1800s that I think it's just an incredible juxtaposition that can only be done in a property like this. And I find that um, instead the, the challenges that I'd say with the historic renovation Instead, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, provide opportunities, quite frankly. And I think they force you to think outside the box. And I think they force you to do something different. And my expectation for this project and hotel is that it is one of the best in the world, if not the top and certainly the number one product in all of the uh, county of Napa uh, and in wine country out there. Yeah, I agree. So it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, yeah totally. And, and I mean... You know, look, it was it's a, it was a very complicated, you know, transaction, right? As 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 you guys know, and, and frankly, a lot of people tried. Um, so, you know, bringing, you know, bringing the, the Weller partnership, you know, into the opportunity, uh, frankly, required that kind of tenacity that that you guys are, are known for to be able to. You know, go a little bit off piece. A lot of people would say, you know, it's not, it's, it's a little bit north of, of Napa Valley, but I mean, there's so much beauty in that with, with how much space we'll have and, 
again, you know, obviously reviving the historic property, which is predicated on, you know, the, the, the healing properties of the springs that are still, you know, bubbling away today. So there's just so many cool themes that we can revive of a, a real great piece of California history in, in the Valley. Yeah, and I think you, you bring up a good point. I mean, being just uh, a little a little ways away from sort of the, the commercial enterprises and the entire commercial industry of uh, wine uh, making that is uh, occupies the valley floor of Napa, being a half hour from that, it gives you the ability to be in what I would perceive as a remote location, but you're not very remote. You're actually a half hour from the French Laundry. You're a half hour from some of the best, the best winemaking and um, and uh, um, culinary experiences in the world, and I think it's just a, arguably the most unique opportunity I've ever been involved with, and it's uh, couldn't be more exciting. And and to do it with partners like you is what actually makes it a lot more exciting because we think that you know six senses is a draw in its own, and just having the access to all of these incredible amenities, if you want to call them that, um, just drive the uh, drive the reason why you would want to go spend anywhere from you know, two to seven days there or even be a homeowner. Yeah. And, and Andrew, I, I appreciated your comment of, of uh, us being able to kind of get things over the finish line. I, I think I just made up a tagline for us where we thrive, where other people failed. Uh, you know, that, that's definitely something we, we pride ourselves on is, is taking on really, really complicated, you know, messy projects and figuring it out. And so uh, we're, we're, we're in great shape for the future working together. There's no question. And, uh, before we let you go, I just wanted to, you know, again, thank you both. I know you're very busy. You're, you know, all over the globe. And thank you for taking the time. Is there anything else, you know, from your perspective, you want people to know about Six Senses or, or any of the projects that we're working on? Good question. Andrew, that's probably more you. But the, if you kind of check back with us in even a year or two, I think you're going to be very pleasantly surprised with the growth, uh, both globally, but also in the Americas. Uh, we're really tapping into what the, the new luxury traveler is looking for. So definitely on a good spurt for us. So probably, so, so probably we'll see a lot more in North America over the coming years is, and, and elsewhere around the globe. No question. Yeah. No I, question. Absolutely. And they'll all be in very interesting locations. So. Hey, and you know, on another note, before we hang up too, I do want to have another brief show, um, you know, maybe where you all come on and discuss kind of how you got, where you got in the industry and so on. Because I think um, for young folks uh, in particular, or people trying to make a career sort of move from one end of the industry to another, um, the stories that you all have given me about your careers and how you got to where you got into such unique um, positions, uh, developing and growing uh, incredible brands, this one in particular, uh, is worth is worth a half hour of discussion because I think it's inspiring to a lot of folks. So I want to be sure to have you back on soon because we always like to do this uh, aimed at helping uh, folks, uh, uh, men and women, young, younger, and sometimes in, in the middle or, or of their careers, how to how to make these transitions into into the next kind of um, thing that gives them the passion and drive to get up every day and go. So hopefully we can have you back on soon. But this was great. This was really great to have you on today, and it was really informative. And we are uh, we we couldn't be more excited to call you a partner and and also a friend. We've become great friends through all this, so it's it's been incredible. Yeah, yeah, feelings. The feeling is mutual. Yeah, great. Well, this was an awesome conversation. Thanks so much, Sarah and Andrew, and uh, we can't wait to see you know everything that comes from not only the two developments we talked about today, but your all your future developments uh, and the the partnership between us as well. So we're very excited. Um, so. 
With that, uh, we're going to conclude the show. More news to come on Six Senses, not only in Grand Bahama, but also in Napa Valley. So stay tuned for more on that. Thanks again to Sarah and Andrew from Six Senses for joining us today. Look out for our next episode. We have some exciting ones coming this year. Thank you always for listening. We'd love to hear from you as always, of course. If you have a suggestion for a show, a topic, or a guest, please let us know on social media at Weller Development on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. I'm Matt Rienzo, and he's Mark Weller. Keep building, people.